Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. I am Darren Javog, the chair of DivorceNet and your host for the show. And with me is Tina Murray, DivorceNet's vice chair and co-host of the show. So good morning again, Tina. This is our second podcast for, th- for today, and we have uh, an inspiring uh, guest on our show. Who do we got? We sure do. We have Justin Rice. Justin is a, an agent for Grenville Mutual Insurance located, um, Grenville Mutual is located in Kempville, but Justin's office is located in Merrickville. Justin is married, no kids that we know of. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the show, Justin. Good morning. Thank you for having me, guys. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, like you said, I'm an agent for Grenville Mutual Insurance Company. Uh, Grenville Mutual is a smaller independent insurance company, again, located uh, in Kempville, Ontario. My office is actually just down the road in, uh, in the quaint town of Merrickville. Uh, this time of year, Merrickville is getting pretty busy with tourists, but I'm not there right now, so that suits me just fine. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, I'm an agent, so I, my only market, my only company that I write for is Grenville Mutual. Okay. Um, I specialize in agricultural or farm insurance, but then uh, I also do residential uh, right in town or rural residential, as well as auto and a small commercial insurance portfolio. Uh, so I sort of call myself uh, brick and mortars and, uh, and tires, right? So I insure all of your stuff and uh, all your physicality side of your insurance needs is, uh, is what I can do. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about Grenville Mutual. Um, it's the mutual part that's interesting, I think. Yeah, that's correct. So mutual companies are different, uh, different as, as a whole than stock companies, which are the big, um, the big worldwide or billion dollar insurance companies. Uh, Grenville Mutual itself has been in operation in our area for this is our 126th year of wow. business. Uh, Grenville started in Grenville Patron, started in Spencerville, which is just up the road, uh, about 20 minutes uh, from Kempville. Uh, They're in Spencerville until 2012 when they built a new building here in uh, Kempville. Kempville sort of the the urban hub of North Grenville and had better lines of uh, technology and, and everything like that to help Grenville Mutual grow, which is what necessitated the move to our, our new building and the move to Kempville. Mm. And again, Grenville has been writing policies and protecting families for uh, for the 126 years. The mutual part of it is very interesting. So the company is steered by a board of directors um, that are long-term policy holders. So they, are, they didn't grow up in the insurance industry, so to speak. They're not insurance professionals that guide our company. They're long-term farmers and policy holders. We still have a CEO and a management staff that report to the, the board of directors, but ultimately it's our policyholders that steer the company or steer the company and, and where we go and what products we offer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a different experience because we're not a profit-driven company. We're more of a people-driven company, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, you know, we're very we're very small and interwoven within our local community. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a real difference when you're talking about insurance and when you need your policy to get traction on the road and you need your claims to be covered and everything like that. You're calling someone up the road and not far away. Right. Like a, the 1-800 number in the middle yeah. of who knows where. Exactly. Right. Do you, yeah. uh, here's a good question for uh, um, Granville. Do you, do you write policies across the country? Like, do you have policies in, in, in BC? No. Okay. Um, so we, 
Grenville Mutual does have partners. We only write in the province of Ontario. Okay. Um, so Grenville Mutual has many partners. So I'm the only agent that only writes for Grenville Mutual, but their main sales force are brokers. Hmm. So an insurance broker differs from my position specifically because they would have multiple insurance companies within their office that they could quote right. uh, that they could quote for people. Mm. So Grenville Mutual is partnered with many brokerage firms and some of those brokerage firms have offices all over Ontario. So we can write all over Ontario. Um, but as I mentioned, sort of our, our bread and butter or the, the niche market is, is here in Eastern Ontario. We can, we can stretch out farther, mm. but again, with the, uh, uh, with the smaller aspect of the company, uh, uh, geographically, a lot of our businesses around here. Right. I, I think what I like about Grenville, uh, is, is, um, you know, typically when you're, when you look at your insurance agent, you tap like in the past, I know I've always looked at it as like there, there's the person or there's the 1-800 number. And the only time I ever hear from them is when they want to collect premium from me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's not a lot of proactive proactivity there in the conversation. And I think one of the things I like about Grenville and yourself personally is you're a, you're a get in the weeds kind of guy. Like you, you know, you're kind of, I think we, you and I've joked about this. You throw on your boots and, and get in your truck and drive down the driveway and, and talk to the people face to face at their kitchen table, you know? So I think, I think that's, uh, in my mind, that's what separates Grenville from, you know, some of the, the big, uh, insurance powerhouses out there that, that it's all about premium and price, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly <clears throat> it. I mean, I'm happy with, uh, I'm happy with my little, I call it, you know, my little slice of the pie of, you know, I, I want to run my business to come and sit at your kitchen table and, and come and see you and, and do all of those things. So then, uh, as you said, you get to know, you get to know your insurance guy more than just a big bill that comes mm. once a year. Cause it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that household income or the policy package or anything like that everybody uh you me and everyone listening we all insurance is a big household bill every year right um for all households it covers the whole gamut so then to have that relationship um just gets you better i think value for your value for your premiums because you have a better standing relationship and then uh, it can help when, again, the, the reason why insurance exists is when you have a claim, we're, we're going to be there, we're going to send people out, and uh, we're going to get you uh, covered as best we can. So we are on a divorce podcast, and it seems like, a, you know, we interview a lot of uh, pr professionals who have some sort of, um, you know, knowledge on divorce. Why are you here? <laughs> Why did you see value in in um, in being involved with DivorceNet? Um, well, I always i've i've seen um, i've seen clients divorce in the past, or I, I've experienced it on a professional level, and I find that sometimes, and this might not be the case all the time, but the property insurance uh, side of things that includes so your house insurance and your car insurance are one of those things that sort of gets pushed to the sidelines when you're going through because. There's so many things, there's a whole new world that both parties have to learn about when they start going through that divorce process. And frankly, there's a lot bigger fish to fry, they think, right. um, when everything starts going and then property insurance just sort of stops. So mm -hmm. if uh, party, uh, party A moves out of the primary dwelling and they get an apartment, do they instantly think, oh, I need tenant's insurance mm -hmm. and should I do this? It's like, oh, and now since I've moved into the apartment, you know, my auto insurance, it's like I took my car, but my auto insurance, my ownership and my, my liability slip, which is the pink insurance slip, 
still have my old address on it. So right. it's like that's changed my commute to work and things that mm-hmm. can affect wow. your insurance in the event uh, in the event of a claim. Huh. And the same thing with the primary dwelling, party A that's now living in the apartment, you still have contents in the house. Are you still named on the deed? You're still named as loss payable on your house insurance policy. Wow. Um, yeah. So again, if anything ever happens and your property insurance doesn't know about it, you you could be separated for years or on bad terms. If anything ever happens to the house, well, we are going to cut checks to party A and B mm. and pay A and B even though party A is already gone and out of the house. So right. it's all these things that they don't, you don't think about until you need it, and then once you do need it, it can become exponentially more complicated uh, because all of your insurance information is not is not up to date, and that can affect what will happen to the client in the event of a claim because your insurance company doesn't know what the situation is. Hmm. And as soon as you get into major things come claim time that the insurance company doesn't know, it can get... Uh, complicated quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of never really thought of that. And yeah, I, I, I mean, I know you're involved. You're involved with DivorceNet, which is great because I, I I see the value in it. But those like drilling down those details were not things like I actually thought. Yeah, I saw the light bulb yeah, yeah did you, it went off. It, it went with my halo. Yeah, yeah. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> so I, interesting. Very complicated then. So if you know a couple separates and um, the house is still in joint names, but one spouse is now. Um, in an apartment like they now need content insurance but they're still paying for insurance on the other property and the cars and then do they do the cars insurance divide or how do you approach that so i try and once i find out once i find out that a couple is separating and it's not even official divorce if one party is moving out of the primary dwelling then i instantly i want to change your auto insurance first and foremost. So for the auto insurance side of things, your vehicle ownership and your pink slip, your pink liability slip, have to be in the same name and the same address. So they always have Mm. to match. Um, So as soon as you move to an apartment, I know no one likes going to Service Ontario Mm. and standing in line and getting that done, but it needs to be done as quickly as possible so then I can amend the address on your Mm, uh, auto insurance. Also, it could change how I rate your auto insurance because you're driving not as far or farther to work. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. one of the um, deciding factors on the premiums you pay is your risk on the road. Are you driving six kilometers to work or are you driving 36 kilometers to work? Yeah. I will rate you differently um, because there's a higher risk of you getting in an accident because you're driving more than uh, more than other people or less than other people. Right. So as soon as that happens, I want the vehicle switched over and I always recommend a tenant's package for anyone that moves out and a common a common comment I guess that I get is like well I don't have anything anymore I don't nothing's worth you know I don't have anything worth money anymore Mm -hmm. Um, but I can do a tenant's package for $10,000 and it's under $200 a year Mm. and that gives you $10,000 contents $2,000 $2,000 additional living expenses, okay. and then $2 million personal liability, which is the most important part that protects you against any acts of negligence, any acts of your negligence that causes third-party property damage or third-party personal injury. Mm-hmm. You are protected against that. So even though you are in an apartment, you still need that personal liability. 
again, you would have it on the original homeowner's policy that the couple had jointly, but then if you have moved out to another location and you're still named on your original house policy, but then something happens that activates your liability at your new apartment and your insurance company does not know about it, it can get complicated. Right. right because right. then you're claiming liability and then all this thing all these things come to light when you need your insurance company to work for you and then we're just we're getting surprises right, right? so right. for those little steps for the little tenants package i know uh monies are always tight but it's a very yeah. inexpensive policy mm-hmm. and then most of the time i can switch the auto insurance uh and there's very little cost right you know if you had a house you know outside of brockville and then you got an apartment in the town of Brockville, your commute would probably stay about the same. Like, you know, again, my personal experience in dealing with things like that, people aren't moving from Ontario out to BC once they mm-hmm. once they separate. Right. right? They mm-hmm. yeah. stay in the same general region. So you just have to remember to keep the property guy in the yeah. in the loop. I think one of the things that you mentioned there was about the liability in the two million. That's uh that's stuff people don't think about, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you know, you're moving in, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Justin, like that whole conversation we just had pretty much elevated where you are on the checklist in my Me mind. Me too. You know, because, like, yeah. I, I, and I'm sure you you experience this, like, like when people are going through divorce, they're probably coming to see you near, I'm not saying the end of the process, but you're you're probably mid to lower section yeah. thinking, here's the my priorities, right? But that conversation kind of elevated where I think people need to talk to you and you've emphasized the fact that you need to be one of the first probably three people that they need to talk to, right? Especially if there's a move. I mean, if you're still inside the home, well, then that's obviously a different story because lots of people do continue to stay in the matrimonial home while the divorce and separation are going on. But as, as long as soon as there's a move... Yeah. They need to, they need to contact you. Does it affect the, um, if, if, you know, obviously you get discounts, right? You get a discount cause you've got your home insurance and your car, you know, your two, three vehicles on there. Um, when a spouse leaves and now has content insurance on another property and their car is now paid separately, does it change sort of that financial structure a little bit? Yes and no. So it can be a case by case basis. So the, you have most Households now have at least two vehicles, um, two yeah. vehicles in the driveway. So there is a multi-vehicle discount that I offer at, at Grenville Mutual, and most insurance companies would as well. So yes, as soon as uh, vehicle A goes with party A to the apartment, yeah, then and then they get a whole new auto policy in their name in only. In their name only. Mm-hmm. If it was an auto policy in the joint couple's name. Yeah. They get their own auto policy or if they each had their individual um, policies. Uh, for example, my wife and I, we each have our own separate auto insurance because um, we each have our own policies, but we still get the multi-vehicle discount because our two vehicles are parked at the same house. Oh, okay. So even if, even if the two couples have individual auto insurance policies and then one car is being parked somewhere else and we're just changing we're just changing the address or we're writing a whole new policy they are going to lose that multi-vehicle discount because those two cars don't share a driveway anymore so yes there is going to be some uh there's going to be some fluctuations in premiums depending on what happens and where they go but divorce is expensive anyway these things are to be expected unfortunately yes yeah um so 
what are some pieces of advice other than coming to see you pretty quickly in the process that you would give um, you would give someone who's going through a divorce um, regarding insurance? Just to sort of just keep everyone, keep your insurance people, your insurance reps in the loop of what's going on or, you know, where the contents are going or how long you're going to stay at the apartment and, and things like that. Just... I always say the more your insurance guy knows, the better, because it's always what insurance companies don't know that can cause trouble come claims time. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, I'm just working to be, as he said, higher up on the on the list to prevent doing catch up. Right. And then document things like, um, yeah, you know, I'm sure people are get into that mindset already, but more the more documentation for splitting up names on policies is better for for us mm-hmm. so again on a property side if we're insuring a dwelling and the policies in the name of both parties it's because the the deed the deed of the property is in the name of both parties right right mm-hmm. and they're both living there so they're both lost payable i can't remove one party without getting a release of interest or a change in lender or anything from a lawyer okay. i can't you can't just call me up and say Jane has moved out, take her off the house insurance policy. Right. It's like, I can't delete her from being lost payable on a $400,000 mm. dwelling policy just point. because one person tells me. Right. I need right. all the documentation that she no longer has an interest in the property mm-hmm. before we can delete her. And if I'm if I'm finding out about the separation eight months after it happens, then you have to go back through, you have to recontact your lawyer, you have to get everything sent over to my office that could cost you more money and more time mm-hmm. um, that you don't have or you think it's all done and then I make you go through, open up that book again and start flipping it through everything. So if I if you have all the documents already, when I ask for the release of interest or, you know, is the lender still the same and everything, it's like, yes, it's right, you know, it's right here, I can I can get it to you. Wow. Yeah. Um, do you ever see things happen, I mean, divorces can get nasty, mm-hmm. you know, the hope and prayer is that they don't, but mm-hmm. they, they can, um, where one party might say, I'm, a, I'm no longer paying for this, and can they just go in and cancel insurance if there's two people on it? Can they just go in and cancel it without without the other party's knowledge? Or um, technically, they probably could. Technically, so if the payments are coming out of bank account A, yes. and then that bank account gets closed, okay, and then no one picks up the phone when we call, right? Um, it would basically it can come down to yeah, just getting canceled for non-payment, right? Mm. So you miss a you miss any payment. For Again, for me personally in my office, it's not a big deal. We'll contact you. We'll try and schedule it out for a few days later. But you need to pick up the phone or you need to answer your email. So then if there's a stop on the payment or there's just no funds in the account anymore, but then that party has decided I'm just going to, I'm not living in the house. I'm not going to pay for the insurance and I'm going to deal with this by just ghosting my the insurance guy. Mm. I don't have a choice. If I can't get a hold of anyone right. and you jump multiple payments, well, you're going to get a registered letter of cancellation in the mail. Mm-hmm. Right. And then again, sometimes in the dwelling, both parties move out. 
and then I'm sending registered mail to an no, address they, that is yeah. no longer active, but I don't know what's going on. Now that always, you know, from a lending perspective, we know I know that the lenders also, if it's an yeah, if it's a, a mortgaged letter. property, then they get a letter as well. Right. Yeah, I think that's a scary thing too, right? Because if <clears throat> if someone is being short-sighted enough to say, I'm just going to stop making my payments on my insurance, mm -hmm. and something does happen, and that was me knocking on wood, is uh, you know that's probably the most valuable asset the family has. And if you think you're sticking it to you, your, your partner, your partner yeah. you're really doing it to yourself. Because if something happens to that property, it burns down with no insurance on it. You know, yes, your partner's going to be out of luck, but so are you. Right. So, you know, it's just, it's just, I, I know. It's very Emotions take over. I know. And people are like, well, I'm not living in that place anymore, so it's not my responsibility. Why? But at the end of the day, until there's a... Um, uh, a complete divorce decree is, is is registered on the family, and all the assets have been uh, have been divided. You're really on the hook until this is done. Yeah. So you got to think about you know what's in the in your best interest, and and less about trying to screw over your partner's best interest, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, and you know what I, I I agree with you on the insurance stuff too, uh, Justin, with contact because I think sometimes people believe. Um, by sticking their head in the sand yeah. and not educating the people, the professionals in their life, that it's going to make things easier for them. Like if I just pretend it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist, right? But the problem is, <clears throat> like you said, is that when the insurance companies are the loop, then they don't have the knowledge and the, and the information to help the person get through a, a, a problem, right? So, um, yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. A lot of times, especially as, like, I've dealt with insurance products myself, and people think, you know, well, I just, I won't talk about it, and it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, 99% of the time, what you think is a problem really isn't, and right. it's not a big deal. Right. So just own up to it, and if it is a problem, wouldn't you rather know before something happens that's going to now make it a problem for you, right? So, anyways, yeah. I'm sure you deal with that with, like, fraud and stuff like that, where people... Right. Yeah. And yeah, once once I'm in the loop or once your property insurance guy is in the loop, then we can get that ball rolling and it's a relatively easy process. Mm -hmm. I, again, there's no there's no sides being taken. It's like, all right, well, you need a tenants package and you need to like you need to switch the ownership on your vehicle because you're no longer there. Mm -hmm. It's just like I like I say, if we don't know, that's where things can get mm -hmm. trickier. Like imagine if. A couple is separated and one party has moved out of the dwelling mm. and then you know a year later that dwelling burns down mm. then all of a sudden the party that moved out is lost payable like I said on the if you think of all of your insurance policies you know the rebuild limit on dwellings is relatively high because I'm not we don't insure it to what you could sell your house for we're insuring it okay. to what it's gonna cost us in 2018 to hire a contractor to rebuild it. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you can sell it for. I'm interested to what it's going to cost me to rebuild it. Most of your personal property limits are 70% of that dwelling limit. So all of a sudden, if a party has been moved out for a year and there's a total loss, which is a house fire and we have to, your insurance company has to rebuild, everything is going to be signed over to both parties on that policy because you never told your insurance guy. The party that moved out all of a sudden can put a fly in the ointment, uh, so to speak, to say it's like, well, even though I haven't been in this dwelling for 12 months, it's like all of a sudden all of my stuff 
mm-hmm. is still there because we have $250,000 of contents and it can be used all of a sudden. The insurance is the biggest chip in the in the divorce poker game. Right. That Wow. Didn't think about that one. That yeah. didn't, and we as the insurance company, we have no choice unless to give the money out to both parties unless the party that has moved out signs a release of interest on all contents and hmm. all everything so then we can just pay the party that was in the dwelling at the time of the loss wow right right right, right. but then if they good luck with that yeah exactly. <laughs> if they, sorry you know all of a sudden it's like okay well i know that you're getting divorced we have two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of contents that we have to pay out so then party a can rebuy everything in the dwelling can you just sign this release form and saying that you're not entitled to any of this 250 grand <laughs> thank you so much how do you think that's gonna go yeah we don't want to be in the have you meeting. yeah have you come across that before like yes. really eh? yes wow complicated. it gets complicated yeah. and it needs to all they needed to do was in form the insurance company, your broker, your agent, or whoever, what is going on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So here's a good question. Uh, um, is there usually some, one person in the family like that takes care of the insurance? Like, Do you have a relationship with, with both people, or is it normally one person that's making the decisions? Normally, like some, I... Um, some clients, I have an equal relationship with both and I go and, or they both come into the office or, or whatever. But yeah, some of the times, like, uh, especially on larger, you know, on larger agricultural risks or larger policies. Yeah. I talk to the person who pays that, that specific bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like all households, most people split up who's responsible for what bill. So, uh, yeah, sometimes I have a stronger relationship with just the person that deals with insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not for everybody. Like sometimes, yeah, I do deal with the whole family or sit down at the kitchen table and everyone's sitting around it so they can, um, question the insurance guy when I drop off a bill. I think the reason I bring that up is, is just because I think it's important for the person who doesn't normally handle deal it. with the agent mm-hmm. to under, like, this, this is again, one of those tips of the day that we usually try to throw out there is that, you know, if, if you're, if you don't know who your spouse was dealing with right. to take care of business for the family, then y- you need to be proactive about, about reaching out to those people. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, I guess I, what I was trying to get at with that question was, is that, is there, is there typically like a void of, of clients that don't deal with, that you never see, that you don't deal with at all. Right. And then I'd have to build a fast relationship yeah. because yeah. they know the name of the insurance guy, but they don't email right. or talk to him or whatever. But now I need him to do stuff. Right. Instantly. And that's the benefit, right? That mm-hmm. you offer compared to the 1-800 number. Right. Because good luck getting an, a question answered when it's like the 10th. Um, uh, customer service representative that you dealt with, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. When clients call my office, I'm I'm a two six nine number, so mm-hmm. it's like I'm not a one eight hundred number. And there's you're going to talk to either myself or uh, my uh, customer service rep, uh, Brenda. There's only you know having a two person office or having that small town. Um, brokerage really does help because then when you do call up, you're talking to one of the same few people that know you by name right. and yeah. everything like that that can uh, expedite the process and just and make it easier instead of having to go through a touchstone list with your policy number, tell your policy number, and then they just look it up and it, are sitting in front of the computer saying, 
what do you want me to do with this? Mm. Mm. I think um, having a personal relationship, it all comes down to that, right? right. So you're, you're building those personal relationships in every touch you have with your clients, whether they're going through a divorce or not. And when and if they come to a difficult time and situation in their lives, it's not an unknown person. It's that, it's that person right. that you're going to see, you know, you're going to see Justin cleaning ditches on, uh, you know, on a road with a community cleanup next week or, you know, whatever. And I think that's really important. And I think part of DivorceNet is that, is that all we've talked, we talk about building relationships with our clients and, um, yeah. we try to de develop that report cause it's a tough time. Right. Do you think you're, uh, like it's a dying industry as far as not an industry, but like, do you think you're a dying breed in the industry? You know, like fewer and fewer, like as we see these, you know, Goliath companies that are that are gobbling up insurance companies and becoming these, you know, huge companies. Do you feel like like your role in your company? Because they it, it, it is unique. You said you're unique even to Grenville, you right. know. So do you see what you do as kind of like a dying breed in the industry? I don't think it's dying per se. It's just becoming it's just the customer service aspect is changing in the industry. Hmm. So there are, you know, I'm a, I'm a very small office, <clears throat> even, even in rural Eastern Ontario, I'm very small. Mm -hmm. Um, so all the other, you know, there are still small locally owned brokerages in town, in, in the area or in Ontario. Um, and they're all, everyone's trying to conquer the customer service balance, um, in their own way in between, because all this, the stock companies, which are the great big uh, insurance companies of the world, they're trying to get everything as quick and streamlined and on your phone and on the internet and cut out the person totally. Right, right. So, you know, I'm trying to balance both of that, both of those aspects too. I can still come to your, um, come to see you and you get to know me. Mm -hmm. And then you can still, I still have technology products that are available. Right. It's not, uh, yeah. You're not just, a, they're, they're not just a number to you. Yeah, but yes, and I don't think, so I don't think my style of customer service is dying. I know that I'm not the, I'm not the only one that does it, um, but we each, we all do it differently. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I think I still lean heavier on the coming <clears throat> in to see you and just give me a phone call and, you know, I'll drop off your renewal or, or whatever, uh, whatever needs to be. I lean a little heavier on that. Because that's one aspect of my job that I love. I like, you know, mm -hmm. I've sort of built myself up since I started in the industry to do that, and mm -hmm. I, I just don't want to change. Because <laughs> um, I think it, it sets, it, it does set me apart a little bit. Again, in a, I have a g very tight knit geographic region of my of my policyholders, mm -hmm. um, so it matters what. It matters what I do because we all know in customer service, you can make one client happy and he's going to tell one person, but what happens if you make one client upset? Mm -hmm. They're telling tell. 30. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. You know what I, I think always impressed me uh, about you, Justin, is too, is you get into the details mm -hmm. of the contracts. You explain in, in, in layman, regular language what it means for the clauses of the contract. Like you get right. in there, right? So mm -hmm. instead of getting this printout that's 14 pages long from an insurance company and saying, sign here and give us your premium, you kind of go through it. So I, I, I like that. And it's not just about the divorce side either, right? Because I remember you and I were talking about uh, we had a little bit of a windstorm recently <laughs> across this region. People were having problems with their shingles. Mm -hmm. I remember that was a very busy time for you. <laughs> so, but I, I like, I appreciated the fact that even though it wasn't affecting me, I could hear in your voice, 
that you were trying to help people through it, even though, you know, sometimes people see uh, the insurance company as the big bad insurance company, yeah. you know? Correct. Pay all this money so, and never get anything for yes. it. Yeah. So that you do have some gray zone that you can work within to kind of make things better for clients. So yeah, and that I mean that's the benefit of working for Grenville Mutual because it's not the claims service is not black or white covered covered not covered. Mm -hmm. Our claims adjusters at Grenville are always looking. They're looking for coverages to help our clients, um, and not not looking for a way to save the company X number of dollars. It's always, we want we want to we want to cover the claim as much as possible, but property insurance doesn't cover 100% of all damages. Mm -hmm. Like we just, it's not, it's not a blank check situation. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, no, I, you know what, um, Justin, to be honest, like you've made insurance very interesting today. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think that, you know, we can look at it and view it as a very, okay, whatever. It's an evil necessity. Um, but I really, really, like, I was enthralled with this conversation. I, I'm really thankful that you came in and kind of drilled down a little bit on how important it is to contact your insurance broker or insurance agent or whatever when you're going through a divorce. Those were things I had absolutely never considered. Yeah, you know, It's one of the ducks that you got to line up. Yeah. You know? Yes, uh, absolutely. You know, and, and yeah. I think that's one of the things that amazes me about all the podcasts that we've done with other professionals is that you know, I, I'm sure most people that are going through divorce or separating are thinking to themselves, I got to get my you know what together. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I think sometimes we kind of forget how many you know what's we have right. to get together. Yeah. Because just having the conversation with professionals like yourself, we're hearing that if you don't, there's huge liability and, and downside to yeah. not getting your life together, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming in yeah. on that. That was awesome. So, tell, why don't you tell the uh, listeners how to get a hold of you? Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, you can always just give me a, a, a straight uh, old school phone call. Uh, 613-269-2323 goes right to my office in Merrifield. Uh, my website is, oh gee, let me think, jriceinsurance.com. Uh, and then you can always send me an email as well. It's just justin at jriceinsurance.com. And they can also get you on DivorceNet. Divorce yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. if you just look up DivorceNet, once you listen to this and your gears are turning, then <laughs> uh, yeah, pop on the website and, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm on there as well. Cool. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. No problem. All right. See yeah. you around. Yeah, I, I will be down the street. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week.